Hello and welcome to the Metapod Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Chilling Rain is out, but TPCI has just revealed uh, two products that feature Lugia and Ho-Oh EX. That's right, Sean. EX. <laughs> I mean, there is some old product that got shipped out to my stores as well, like some old EX starter decks, like World, or I don't know, like starter decks from like, like Keldeo, I think, EX, the starter deck got sent out and... And they do the Sun and Moon, uh, what is it? The Sun and Moon base uh, ETBs got sent out to a bunch of stores. I just, I saw like the video that the Wasi posted earlier and it's, um, I can't remember exactly what they're called. They're legendary battle decks. So they're like, they're mm -hmm. like battle, like the decks, battle decks, you know, yeah. like the ADP and the peak and stuff. They're going to EXs though. I and it's I, like I, I think that they're all my guess is they're old products and that they are just like they I wonder if Pokemon Company had some sort of a buyback thing where they had to like all this product that didn't sell X number of years ago they bought back at some point and are now like re-releasing it because they think that there's enough interest for people to actually buy it maybe it's like it's kind of cool because it features a lot of cards that like are non-hollow versions of hollow cards and like I think like the like early X and Y late um late uh heart gold sil silver era mm -hmm. which is kind of cool but then also like there's hollow energies in there which everybody loves hollow energies but it's probably especially with the craze like it's kind of cool where it's like a lot of people probably don't have these so wait, are you saying this is a net new thing? Like this wasn't a thing that's getting resold like for Oh years yeah, this later. is a new thing. This it, is a new thing, Sean. Is there anything in there that would make sense for competitive play? Um No. In expanded? Well maybe like an expanded. Like yeah, there's like, the there's the safeguard Suicune in the uh in the Ho -Oh deck. The Ho -Oh is the one that's the rebirth Ho. -Oh. Comes from the discard, attaches some energy. So like it, it it's okay and expanded. Right, there's some viability in there, but like I feel like they're it's just really out of the blue. <laughs> I feel like they're reprinting the wrong cards, though. If you know what I mean. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's reprinted, though. No, but I mean, like, if you print a yeah, version of a card that's not hollow, like right? Like, you could have printed the A specs and put them in these decks. Yeah, as not hollows like, that are like tournament legal. I don't know. Just a thought. TPCI. You could have done that. Just a thought if you're going to print maybe some black and white cards, uh, yeah. early E, early X and Y, like. You know, reprint some old shamans. Uh, that, yeah. Shamans banned everywhere. Why Is would shaman you? Shaman scoop up net banned. I can never remember. Shaman got shaman banned. Shaman got banned. Yeah, shaman EX got banned okay. and expanded. So it is literally unplayable. Okay, fine. Don't reprint shaman. Shows you how much I follow uh, expanded. I, uh, you do need the A specs, though. You do need the A specs, I will say. But we got a lot to talk about today. We got some topics. The team challenge uh, tournament just started with the like big <laughs> world tournament. Um, and uh, Sean and I each have some thoughts about that. Mm. And then also, not only with two new wonderful reviews, Sean, we've hit 40 reviews on our way to 50. Make sure if you like the podcast to leave a review especially if it's on apple i don't think spotify allows reviews yet so spotify get your freaking horse going spotify just launched a, a trial of lyrics on the same pages which people were like they didn't have that before and the answer was no apparently lyrics like like you song could, lyrics yeah they did not have that they could you could do that on mobile could you not do that on desk i, I guess don't you know can do that on i desktop. saw a tweet but somebody being like spotify is testing out lyrics and it was like huh that's pretty wild if they didn't have that before. I don't know. I'm not a music person, but I saw that tweet and I was like, huh, that is weird. Anyways, we got that. And then Chilling Rain had released and it's kind of interesting, the meta per se. So uh, we definitely want to talk about that because that is probably what a lot of people are interested in right now. But Sean. Yes. I think I read the review this you, week. You have the review this week. Okay. So we got one on June 14th, Hirschvilla, five-star review, just started listening. I've just started listening to the podcast. I want to say thanks for all the great content, going back and listening to all the old episodes. Hopefully I can find the YouTube channel to Hirschvilla and any other person that wants to, 
you know, check us out on the YouTube. See our well, Sean's beautiful face um, hey, here on I the mean. podcast. <laughs> Shh. All you got to do is go to a church's gameplay. It's my YouTube channel. That's where these are being uploaded. Um, I'm in the process of like getting ready to move and also doing a lot of other things, finding a job. So hopefully in the future, I can get the old episodes. Sean has given me a lot of the recordings for the old episodes. So Sans um, video, like though. before episode 40. Yeah. For episode 40, it, it won't be a video one, but it'll be audio. And I'm trying to think of like some creative good looking thing to like mm. put so you're not you're not just looking at a solid screen that's not moving but thank you so much for the five star review my friend i appreciate yeah. it sean uh, also, sean appreciates it too i do i do and the link to the youtube channel is in the description of all the um the episodes if you're listening on an audio platform so you should be able to find it there if you uh, can yeah. figure out how to get to your description setting area for your podcast we try to make it as easy go. as possible. Yeah. Try to make it easy for you. But Sean, you know what's not easy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great transition, Jake. I like that one. You know what's not easy? The team challenge. Not only the team challenge, are you facing up against a group of other people from another store and putting your skills to the test? But it could be hard to fit in the scheduling. Yeah. Sean. So for those of you that don't know, Literally before the first team challenge ended, literally before the first one even ended, they started doing qualifiers for the second one. We kind of briefly talked about it a couple weeks ago, but wasn't really like a big talking point for us. Um, I made it onto my team. Sean, I did couldn't not do a ton of them. Sean did not no, make it. I, I tried I to make it, it sound nice for well, you. You know what? I will. I will say that I did my part. You know that meme? I did my part. Um, I did my part and I participated and I got some friends to participate. So our store could still qualify because they have weird rules about needing four players for every event at least. Yeah. So that the first round happened to be father's day weekend, Sean, the first round father's day weekend, two weekends before the 4th of July, which by the way, the tournament will still be going on mm -hmm. during that time. But uh, what's crazy, Sean, not only did it happen the same weekend starting that literally the same day starting or well, not exactly the same day. Cause it was officially on Sunday. The default time was on Sunday. We decided to play on Saturday just cause of scheduling and stuff. Yeah. But either way, it happened the same weekend as players cup four, right? If you made top two fifty six or one twenty eight in your region, you played in Players Cup four on Saturday and Sunday, I think it was. Um, um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't think it was Friday. I think it was no. just Saturday and Sunday. But as well, I don't know if this was just because my store didn't let us know soon enough or whatever, but we didn't find out about our round even going. Like, I was under the impression that it was going to be after the 4th of July that this was going to start. We found out about it on Wednesday. Mm. Deck lists are due like 1 a.m. Friday or something like that. Yeah. They're due 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. on Friday because it was it was like 11 p.m. West Coast time, which is, is so such a weird time as well. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, as you can already tell, like there's a lot of scheduling conflicts. I think it's important for us in america to keep in mind that father's day i don't know if it's an international thing well neither father's day or the fourth of yeah. july is an international thing but like i i guess like i should i should have looked up like is there european holidays like after the fourth of july or like it may simply be that as far as holidays are concerned the pokemon company was like you know what there's always going to be holidays on weekends especially in the summer in some country in some region so we can't work around that. But what they could have worked around was their own players cup. Yeah. Like there, <laughs> it, it was just, and not only like, see, I probably would have been more okay with like, not only it happening on that weekend, but like getting such like, cause like two days to turn in your deck list and you know, your scheduling is pretty, that's pretty Stressful. close timeline. So yeah. like if I would have gotten like a week's notice, or like, I don't know, like two weeks notice or when everybody like when all the qualifiers ended, 
letting us know. Like, I don't know if that was a problem on my I, on my store's part. For some or reason, like, I felt like I knew about the store that I go to's qualifier before Wednesday. Like, we knew some information, and they were trying to work out scheduling for a while. So I I want to say that one may be your store. It's just like, I don't know. Like, still even then, like, let's just say it was a week. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it was a week. Like, yes, that would have been better, and I would have been more okay with that. But is a week like a a lot of time? I think in a in in a circumstance where it's just you playing in a tournament by yourself, a week is fine. I think the problem yeah. with the team challenge is you have to coordinate a group of four players plus the tourney organizer as the judge, or or plus the store organizer judge on each side to find a window of time where everyone can play concurrently, and that that's the part that's not easy because like okay well hey when's everybody available everybody's got different schedules like to your point some people are going to be playing in the players cup so if yeah. anyone on either team is in the players cup and they need to play because maybe somebody else also just isn't available this weekend for personal reasons well then you have to work around the whole players cup which means like okay can you play early morning saturday or late at night or friday or thursday even like i know there were some people contemplating playing on a weeknight because but that's it's just really complicated um and i know that my local store had the exact same issue i don't know how they were i could check their discord but like they must have worked it out but i don't envy anyone who's having to schedule these week in week out and another crazy thing is like i like it's last minute scheduling stuff but like we're under the impression okay we're gonna play on sunday you know that was the default time you know, majority of people could make that. So it's like, okay, we'll just play during then. And then we like the next day we, it was like Thursday. We're like, oh, Saturday actually is going to work. And so we're like, okay, like uh, now this person can't make it on Saturday, but this person can't. And so we're like, oh, Saturday. And then on Friday, like Friday morning, it was like, ah, you know, we, we got to go back to Sunday. We got to go back to Sunday. And then like literally Friday night, it was again, we got to go back to Saturday and then we ended up playing on Saturday and it's just like, I hated it. I hated like almost every aspect of the team challenge. I think, I mean like playing with, playing with my friends at the, at the store and like, you know, like us being able to coordinate is like really, really cool. And I'm sure like a lot of other stores probably didn't have the same experience that I'm having, but like, I feel like if we just, like, I just want to know who's scheduling all these things because this is a typical thing of Pokemon. If you don't follow, like, all Pokemon events, and, like Pokemon Go, Pokemon Sword and Shield, you know, Pokemon games releasing, they love putting a lot of things at the same time. <laughs> so, like, when Pokemon Snap released, there was also, like, a community day in Pokemon Go. There was also a max raid event happening in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Like... Across all these games, like something happening in Pokemon Masters as well, like uh, all these things are just happening at the exact same time. It's like, why can't we space this out? I can't do all these things. Um, I, I personally think that I think that all the games releases, all that stuff, it's kind of like there's like so many different departments. I don't think that has necessarily any relation to this. I do know that the team challenge, I believe the people that run that from an an organization standpoint, I believe are based out of Europe. I don't know if maybe the North American team runs the players cup and because they are two different parts of the TPCI organization, maybe they just, and they have, they're kind of like, it's their own project, right? Team challenge is this person's project or this team's project and players cup is this team's project. And you know, it's just like, well, we'll just start running it on this date and like, oh, well, we could push it a week or, or but like they just do it. You know, they're like, F it. Well, people will figure it out. I just feel like, you know, you look at a calendar, you know, OK, Pokemon TCG, right? Pokemon TCG as a calendar, competitive Pokemon TCG as a calendar. You would see like, oh, these are going to start on the same weekend. This is going to have the most clash of players yeah. Right. Because this is the first rounds each for all these players. And so it's like they're happening at the same time. And it's just like 
if you would have waited a week, you would have way less people yeah. having clashes. And like every week that you wait is less and less people because people are being knocked out every single round. And so it's like, well, and also like the players cup is going to take precedence for any individual player over the team challenge because oh yeah, to be frank, Pokemon and, and, and TCGs in general reward individual accomplishment over team accomplishment. So like if you made players cup, you're not going to not do your players cup in, and do team challenges that no, you're going to have to like everybody then has to work around the team, the players cup players. And I don't know. It's just, I think that, to be honest, the Players' Cup, I think they need to hang it up after the, no, the Team Challenge. I think they need to hang up the idea after this one. It's too complicated uh, scheduling-wise. I think it's a lot of work, honestly, to ask all of the store judges and tourney organizers for all the individual stores. And, like, I love, I really like the idea of it. And the it's a great idea. The pricing is also way better than Oh, my than gosh, Players it's phenomenal. Cup. Yeah, Players' Cup pricing is garbage. And team challenge pricing is amazing. And so I, it's so, it's so weird, but like, it's just, I don't think they should keep doing it. I think it's too complicated. My tinfoil hat is coming on, Sean. Mm -hmm. I think they're rushing all these events, getting it out the window. You know, summer is a long time. You want to have a summer team challenge. There's a long, this is a long, summer just started. Mm -hmm. I think, that IRL events are a lot closer than we think. That's my hot take. I, Bag it, <clears> chip <throat> it, clip it. I There's mean, no <laughs> reason to be clumping all of this stuff together. There's no reason outside of they're going to start IRL events again, and therefore they're going to stop doing like online events. I, I think that if they were going to start it up, I think new rotation is when they would do it. It just makes sense, logic. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. that the... Late August is when they start. The question will be, you know, again, there's that geopolitical aspect of COVID. Here in America, we're doing pretty well, um, comparatively, but, like, you know, a number of places in Europe are not doing so great. Um, I would say Latin America, particularly Brazil, which we know Brazil has a large contingent of Pokemon players, they are doing very poorly right now with respect to the other nations. And so like, if they do open up events, you know, and they're like sanctioned CP type events, they'll probably just have to like, say like they'll open for this region. Here's the points qualifier for this region. And if you are not in one of those regions, we'll let you know when you start and your points qualifier will be a different threshold. I wonder if they go towards like, they go, they go towards like, they go back to like cities, states format. And so like that way you don't have the international aspect, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have your ICs, you know, you can still have like North American championships, sure. but restricted to just like us citizens or like, you can have Latin American championships, you know, just restricting it to Latin America. I know that doesn't like solve everything, but like, that way you don't have like the international travel and then you don't have to have a worlds yeah. as well. You don't have to worry about a world championships and you can still have like a point system somewhat to do some sort of rewards. I know, but like, I feel I, I know a while ago I said on the podcast, they gotta, they gotta bring it all back at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I said that on a previous episode of the podcast, but I feel like it it wouldn't be that bad of an idea if they reintroduce like cities and states. I know a lot of people who played back in the day of cities and states. They loved that format. I'm sure every there was always there's probably issues with every one of them. But oh yeah, there's issues with any type of event. But I do think that like making it cities and states as opposed to challenges and cups, cities and states, um, it has this impact of elevating I think local play a little bit. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it maybe makes it a little bit, I don't know, wonkier from a points perspective because regions is, I don't know. But I, I do think elevating local play again is a good call. And if that, if that framing of cities and states as opposed to leagues and cups, uh, if that will help, I, I think this is a great opportunity for Pokemon to, to change things up. But I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if they're going to go back to what they had before. I, they just don't. Feel I mean, like, like it company. seems like a good idea because you're saying like do locally. Yeah. And you look at all these products that they've released. You know, that's literally the grassroots of locals, yeah. like in people's houses, like learning how to play the game, getting cool cards, and learning how to build decks and stuff. So they've already made that groundwork for these local people to start going you know, to these local places. So I, I don't know. I think it's a great idea. TPCI has not hired me. I don't <laughs> have any insider knowledge. I mean, cough, cough. If you want to talk to me, I'm, I'm all ears, but, um, <laughs> but I just think, it, I think that would be a great idea. I think it'd be a great idea. And it could just be for this one year only, you know, with yeah. boosters and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, you come could... on, we don't know how the winner's going to be. Yeah. If you, if you're, if you're still uncertain about whether or not going to be able to hold worlds because you don't know when, international travel is going to open back up outside of the u.s like just say you know what effort we're going to hold 2021 2022 season will be focused on individual countries opening up play and then if at a later point we decide to do a world uh for 2022 we'll figure out the structure for that later but like for now like let's just do it on a country by country basis and to your point reintroduce locals uh you know city states and nationals i just want to know what they're going to do with all the people aging up that technically haven't <laughs> aged up yet i mean year three of year three of uh seniors when you've already when you're like 18 years old and you're still in seniors i i think whatever just, that's yeah that's just a mess but you know what else is a mess sean the what? format of chilling rain which actually isn't really a mess i no. think it was, <laughs> was... kind of i think it's kind of like this could have been predicted you know, yeah, I don't think that this is out of the realm of what people thought was going to happen after opening weekend mm -hmm. of chilling rain. As you can see here, Picaram, it won. That, well, it won. It won. It the, won. It won the first event, first large event, like a hundred plus people after chilling rain uh, was released on PTCGO, which was the the chill cup. Um, mm -hmm. So, how many people were in this one? One hundred and eighty four. 184 people in this one, and Pikaram somehow managed to squeak by uh, and stay relevant. Who knows? Let's see if there's any anything nope. in this deck that is in any way interesting. <laughs> it is literally just the standard pre-chilling huh. rain uh, list. That's really what this is. Interesting. So not really anything different. Just going with the old, reliable, old faithful that we've seen the last couple of months. And it worked out pretty well. Yeah. It worked out pretty well, mm -hmm. I would say. You have, as the second place person, you have the Urshifu. Yeah, rapid strike. Pikaram taking down the Urshifu in this <laughs> deck. This is a uh, this is helping with Passimian. Passimian helping you uh, with that Zigzagoon and the scoop of net to potentially one shot like Data's on the bench. Mm-hmm which is a very, very strong card. Uh, Mew still being relevant, although not played in that Picaram list, Sean. No Mew in that, so. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, aside from, like, the Echo Horn, aside from the Echo Horn, that, um, that Rapid Strike deck is pretty much the same. So, yeah, I mean, top two, I, just I think, working out. I think Passimian definitely helped, right? Because if you think of, um, you know, Pikaram, ADPZ, a lot of these decks, if you put down a couple of bench sitters, um, and now if all of a sudden, if your Urshifu can do not not 120 to the bench, but with Passimian, 150, with the telescopic sight, what, 180 to the bench? Or the Zigzagoon, just a simple yeah. 160. Exactly. So, like, all of a sudden, you're easily one-shotting things, maybe one-shotting a couple of different things at once, taking four prizes. Um, that, I think, is a pretty big deal. Uh, obviously it suffers from <laughs> if you hit too many Shadow Rider Calyrexes, even though you have Jirachi, but like, you know, all they have to do is play Path to the Peak and, uh, you're, 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 See you're Jirachi. Yeah, you are pretty screwed at that point. Um, I, so I, I think that might be a little bit of an anomaly there is uh, a Rapid Strike deck doing particularly well. But what you can see in the first tournament though, there was two Shadow Riders in the top four on the very first event. Um, let's look, let's take a look at one of these lists and we can also see how it evolves, but yeah, what, what this shows me, and this is weird, by the way, the uh, third place list is running power plant 
and not path to the peak, which I'm like, what? Wait, wait. I mean, power plane is still a pretty good card. I mean, you think about it, you know, it, it still shuts off those GX and EX Pokemon I mean, and it's any of them. Sure. It's any of them that have that, that, uh, ability. Sure. But like, but like, why would you run power? Maybe play? you just didn't have path to the Maybe. peak. Okay. You only you know traded, <laughs> you only traded for the shadow riders. You didn't, you didn't have enough packs to, to get one more, you know, you didn't have like two more packs to get your path to the peaks. And so you're like, all right, I'm just going to settle with power play. And it's still got third place, Sean. That's true. So uh, for those of you out there who are listening, we'll, we'll describe this deck a little bit. It's a four, four line of the shadow rider, but I think what this deck focuses on the decks that have been winning, I, I feel like are focusing on is a combo of Trevnoir. Um, which will do 150 damage, and you choose two cards in your opponent's hand at random and put them um, back into their deck. So it's like a, you know, you can play it because you can accelerate the psychic energy now. You accelerate that energy onto that, and then you sort of hand control them for the rest of the game. And then if you have something like a Path to the Peak or a Power Plant out, it's really hard to draw out of that. Or, and or I should say, and if you're going for sec uh, second, you try to get the Gengar Mimikyu play out early so that they can't play any cards from their hand. So that sort of is the, the main combo that we've seen emerge as the winning combo, which is like accelerate a little bit with Shadow Rider, Calyrex, and then- Yeah, use Horror House so your opponent has a super slow start. And then during that time, as you're bopping them, you know, after you use Horror House GX Plus because you went first, you start accelerating the energies to the backup attacker, and then after you swing one time, you just finish it off. And then, like you said, you know your opponent is just stuck because yes. they've got nothing in their hand. Let's look at the uh, fourth place deck and see if they are running uh, Path to the Peaks. No, Chaotic Swells in this one. The fourth place deck is a little bit different. I mean, you don't want to run path to the peak when you're running like you this do. deck specifically does not want to run path to the peak. This yep. is why they run swell. Cause they got Mewtwo's in here to be able to copy all these attacks. The Galarian Zapdos. I've seen the Zapdos uh, in several instances in both Shadow Rider Calyrex and ADP. I've seen it in ADP as well, but the requirement that I've seen of it is I have not seen it outside of like Aurora energies. Yeah, that's so again, for those of you listening, very similar deck difference here, though, is they've actually opted for a couple of Mewtwo's instead of the 4-4 line of Shadow Rider, Calyrex, and they've opted for Swells over Path to the Peak, which personally, <clears throat> I actually think that um, I, I don't love this 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 route because you can Trevnoir all day long, but if they can still Dedenne and Crobat themselves out of a bad hand, if all they need is like two cards, like a quick ball and something else, I, I think that it becomes like maybe not as um, reliable as a strategy. They got fourth, so like you can't hold too much against them for that. You got to recognize, but... And yeah, the Aurora Energies with the Galarian Zapdos, which will do, uh, what is it, 170? And it's one yeah, colorless... Yes, so one shots and Eternatus. And it's one colorless less for every um, V Pokemon on your opponent's side of the field. So usually you're, yeah, you're throwing it in for Eternatus and then you just bring it in, switch out of the active, uh, one Aurora energy and boom, you're taking three more prizes. So it's good because Eternatus is hitting you for weakness. So, you know, so there's that. Yeah, and I mean, like the, the difference between like Pat to the Peak and Power Plants and stuff. I mean, if you're running the straight, you know, if you're running the straight uh, Trevenant Dustnor, um, Gengar, Shadow Rider, because Shadow Rider draws an absurd amount of cards. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get that Shadow Rider Calyrex going, it does draw so many cards, getting two cards for each ability, you know, that you accelerate with the uh, with the Calyrex's ability. But like, I mean, these both of these people are playing these support Pokemon that have these abilities. So like, you know, this person obviously doesn't want to run Power Plant because you got Mewtwo and Dedenne. The, the, you don't want to run Path to the Peak because you're running Mewtwo, Zapdos, Crobat, Eldegoss, Dedenne, like all of these Pokemon that just get shut off. So like, and even the last person, you know, they had Crobats in their list. So like Power Plant is probably just generally better 
for that specific build. Um, but if we look at the uh, the first tournament in the meta game, you'll see Shadow Rider Calyrex, although doing well, was not the number one deck. And this this doesn't surprise me at all, Sean. We see Eternatus at the number one deck. 16.3% of the meta share, 5% more of any other deck. Zacian ADP, probably like one of the biggest percentage differences of Zacian ADP not being the first deck in a long time. Yeah. John. And yeah. I, I'm not surprised, honestly. I'm not surprised by this at all. You know, Shadow Rider Calyrex has been hyped up, you know, with so many different combo pairs. You know, you can play it by itself. You can play it in the two different versions that we just looked at. You can play it, you know, with Al Kremi. I know Andrew Mahone was playing with Al Kremi before release. And so, like, it was being hyped up as, like, a one of the best decks, like, uh, considered a BDIF. So, like, naturally, if you can't get the cards like a lot of people can the first day that it, like, releases, you know, on PTCGO, second day, I think it was. But anyways... Point stands. A lot of people can't build it yet. So, like, mm -hmm. why not just play the counter to it if you know it's going to be a super popular deck? So, like, Eternatus just running through. And you still can beat ADP as Eternatus. You know, you can still knock out ADP on that first turn. You can still beat a lot of other decks. So, yeah, I, 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 um, I think it's a good counterplay. Like, like Jake, like, like you're saying, like, if you don't have, all the cards for the fancy new thing just play the really good deck that just beats it probably um i think obviously path to the peak though and that's that's why i'm interesting that's what's interesting for me to see the two shadow rider decks not playing path to the peak um i'm actually going to switch over because the following tournament so that was the very first event that one was on a friday so the day everything released if you skip ahead just two days you see a very different top of the uh, charts, if you will. Top one and two deck are both Shadow Rider decks. And top one, two, number four, number six. Yes. All Shadow Rider Calyrex decks. And now all of a sudden you see the meta game and Zacian ADP now down at fourth place in meta, 40% win percentage, which is very low. Um, and Shadow Rider up to. It's the second most played deck in the tournament, and I believe one of the highest win percentages at nearly sixty percent. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, the the second highest win percentage I think out of decks that had ten or more players playing it, um, because the uh, what was that? The Zashian Luke Metal had as over sixty percent um, share because <laughs> Zashian Luke Metal just loves psychic Pokemon. That's true. You're not going to do a lot of damage to uh, and Luke Metal, but yeah, I think there's clearly. But there's still, ways we're it. we're seeing this more of a spread. You know, the eternity. It's like that triangle we mentioned the other week. Yeah. You know, it's that triangle. You know, um, Eternatus beats Shadow Rider Calyrex. Shadow Rider Calyrex beats Urshifu, but Urshifu beats Eternatus. And now, especially a pair that I really think is cool. Sean, the Urshifu um, Inteleon deck. Let's just take a look at that deck list real quick. Um, wasn't the best deck, but I think it's a really cool idea with the new Inteleon Rapid Strike, you know, pinging damage counters every single turn. It is a stage two, but you get a little bit of consistency with that ability line of Drizzile to Inteleon with being able to grab trainer cards and stuff and so quick shooting, I mean, it's it's pretty good when you're a uh, when you're a deck that doesn't necessarily hit a ton. Urshifu Max doesn't necessarily hit a lot, yep. but now, like we mentioned earlier, you know, with the quick shooting and you know having other options like Telescopic Sight and Zigzagoon and stuff, you can one shot bench sitters like Dede, Jirachi, uh, Crobat, things like that. Um, that a lot of your that a lot of your opponents will be playing, and then Passimian as well. Yep. Passimian is a really cool card, in my opinion. Yeah, you got a couple of nice one ofs here. You got Hoopa um, with Evil Admonition there, uh, which I think is interesting, right? This is the um, Unified Minds, I believe. This is uh, twenty more damage for each of your Pokemon's opponents Pokemon that has an ability. So those those Shadow Rider decks, like if you get two. Shadow Riders, maybe a Crobat. So if you have like three or four things on there, all of a sudden you're doing 
90, 100, or you're doing anywhere between like 70 to 100 damage, I would say. And then you double that. Plus weakness. Plus weakness, yeah. exactly. So now you're doing like 140 to 200 damage on with one energy, one prizer. That's kind of all you need in a um, in this deck because then you can clean up afterwards with the Urshifus and Pissimian and, you know... Path to the peak. Sean's yeah. favorite card. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, yeah, there's a path to the peak in here. Just one. But, like, you know, this deck, if you're not worried about the weakness part, you know, then you don't need Jirachi. So path to the peak can be really disruptive in certain matchups. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think this is an interesting deck. I, I worry that it... I would say that this deck is a little bit combo heavy. And I feel like Pokemon, it is. Pokemon right now does not reward combo decks in the way that maybe they did in the past. Because if you think about Shadow Rider, right? The combo in Shadow Rider is just accelerate energy with Shadow Rider Calyrex and then control your opponent with Trevnoir and Gengar Mimikyu. Like that's, that's kind of the approach. And so you play cards like Path to the Peak or Power Plant to disrupt your opponent, make sure they can't do stuff. But mostly you're just beating face while stopping your opponent from playing. Uh, and the same thing with Eternatus. Eternatus is just swing face real hard, real fast. And, you know, those strategies are kind of being rewarded. Even Picarum. Picarum, there Picarum is very combo-y, but it's got a lot of draw, and it's always had a lot of draw to do that. But once you get powered up, it's not a combo deck. It's It's a beat face deck. I put so much energy on the board, you can't stop me. So, I don't know. That's my thoughts on this. It's very interesting how, you know, this meta develops. And now we look at the, like, the Shadow Rider Calyrex. You can see in that top six, there's four of the top six spots. There's that Path to the Peak deck that Sean we go. really, really <laughs> likes. Which one is that? <laughs> this is the winning deck. Uh, from okay, the winning the deck, Open. Demetrius Eden. Yes. Um, so like, as you can see, like this one runs four path to peak, which is a very high count and actually does not even bother with Jirachi GX. I think their whole thought process is I'm going to stop you from playing cards. I'm going to put cards back into your hand with Trevnoir and Marnie combo. So if you're playing Eternatus, it seems like for this build, they've committed to, I will stop you from getting into an Eternatus VMAX, or even if you do, from getting enough Pokemon on the bench to actually knock me out with weakness, right? Like, that's kind of what this deck is saying to me. Um, is, yeah, I'm just going to control your board, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, it's it's very interesting. I mean, Trevenant Dustnor, we did not know anything about it, but now you can play a Greens build with Path to the Peak. You can just get into these super oppressive combos and be super aggressive right out of the gate and just completely nullify your opponent in anything that they want to do. And, you know, especially when you play like a greens version, you can try out, you know, almost star like the Inteleon yeah. decks we're doing for a while um, before, before any sort of water support came out like <laughs> Frostmoth. Uh, so like the flexibility with Shadow Rider Calyrex is just, it's it's pretty good. I I think it's although this is opening weekend, you know, this again is a yeah. very raw meta. You know, it's very limited to what we know and what we've tried. So a lot of people right out of the gate are just gonna try different things, a lot of surprises. People aren't gonna know how to deter right away. I think Urshifu was the same way, mm -hmm. you know, opening weekend and like Eternatus was the same way. Just everybody wanted to play it. Everybody wanted to try it. People didn't really know how to beat it um, in the beginning. So it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks, like how all of this develops. Yeah, I, I will be interested to see if something like um, Spiritomb sort of has a small resurgence. There's a there's a whole group of people out there that love Spiritomb and you know, if Orbital VMAX is not being played, which it's not. Um, and yes, there is Urshifu and Talion, but that's such a small amount of players. You know, I, I think maybe an interesting counter would be something like a dark deck that does not rely on um, abilities like an Eternatus. So you play like um, maybe 80, ADP Spiritomb or something like that, sort of 
rears its head again um, and starts trying to take these really big KOs on these dark weak, because Trevnoir is also weak to dark. So Gengar Mimikyu yeah. is also weak to dark. And something like a spirit tomb, like if all you need to do is not even bother with the um, Shadow Rider, but all you have to do is bother with two tag teams that, to be frank, 240 and 270, it's actually not that hard with weakness to hit over for a spirit tomb. Spirit tomb can get there in one turn. So I, especially I don't know. with cards like Spike Muth and the Cape and Escape yep. Rope and Bird Keeper and Scoop Switch, up like there's. Uh, yeah, I, so much. I could I could very well see someone like a Mellow Magikarp, you know, or Luke from CLEOs and that crew, you know, just deciding to rock up. Maybe there's a reason that it's not run, and I just don't understand why. But Well, the thing is, I, I learned this earlier today watching Azul. Um, so if you look at Shadow Calyrex Rider V, it has an attack called Astral Barrage, mm. which puts five damage counters on on i can't remember if it's an active in a bench or just two uh, two no, of your opponents two, Pokemon, put five put five damage counters on so automatically i feel like shadow calyrex rider has a favorable matchup against like decidui or altaria mm -hmm. right yeah um unless you're and also with spirit spirit only have 60 without you know any damage counters or any modifiers on them so like you could you could do some damage against a spirit tomb you could, yeah. I think the Spirit Tomb player would have to play it smart. I don't think it's a loot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's an auto loss because three energy, you're not evolving. It's not really great. Um, it's not the, I mean, but think about it with the energy acceleration and the draw power of Shadow Calyrex Rider VMAX, like you can definitely churn these three attacks. And outside of Spirit Tomb, you know, Spirit Tomb's probably going to be able to one hit KO this, but like Decidueye and Altaria. Yes. You kind of have multiple turns to get this next Shadow Calyrex Rider V out of the out of the bench and onto the field. So like you don't even have to get it powered up in a single turn. No, per I think se. I think you're absolutely right about that. About like how um, Altaria and Decidueye are in a really bad spot right now. Uh, they have to play Umbrella, and then Shadow Calyrex Rider has to play like Tool Jammer or, or Tool Scrapper. Uh, tool scrapper. Or like, even if they just play Tool Scrapper, now Decidueye's got to play Tool Scrapper or uh, Jammer Scrapper. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that makes those decks not really viable right now because to your point, you can you can outlast them. You could play the Gengar Mimikyu against that kind of deck. It can be brutal. And then you Trevnor them, and they don't have a hand, and now they don't have any draw. You don't, yeah, and Ugh. you don't have a lot of Pokemon to start a gig. Like, no. you play, like, three Snorlax or maybe four, and then you play, like, four Rallets in yeah. a Decidueye deck, and that's it. That's yeah. all the Pokemon that you play. And so especially if you get turn one Horror Housed, <laughs> yeah. if with 50 HP on that old Rallet there, you better hope <laughs> that you've got six energies and a three snorlaxes off of the draw like it, <laughs> it it's tough yeah i don't think they're in a very good spot those decks but uh i mean obviously shadow rider's doing very well how is the other the other horsey doing let's see here so the ice type horse is actually not terrible you can look at that list there yeah um to get an idea of what it is it doesn't play the frost moth playing that Inteleon sharpshooter kind of mix style with the Melanie. Melanie, we know, is is good. You know, draw support with energy acceleration. It's like a mini welder almost. Interesting for one Leon. Pokemon. One Leon is interesting. I think the Leon is pretty... I mean, you think about it. Look at the, the day. You know, 10 plus, you know, 120, 120 is to 50. And then you can maybe get some... You have options of either... Like A, getting some pings with the Inteleon to be able to knock out those 270 Pokemon of like the tag teams or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if you get some pings as well. So let's say you ping twice, got two of those, you got both of your quick shooting Inteleons. That's 290 plus Leon is 320. 320. Knocking out some VMAXs there. You're knocking out and the Shadow Rider. Like, with the Inteleons, you're probably doing it multiple turns, so you can even set up something so you could go past that. You can go the 340. You could go the 3... 
60 if you want if you were able to get it out fast enough yeah and i think the nice thing about this deck is that like the the strategy of a lot of the other decks um is like hey i'm gonna not let you draw because uh, i'll put down path to the peak well this one's like i have melanie i have research i have my own marnies i'm actually fine i don't need a draw engine based on abilities the only card that path to the peak even affects in this deck is one to dene so not really a problem for this deck um, from what it looks like. You've got, you know, buckets and stamps and your own series of Path to the Peak. You got three of them in here. Seven water energy. I, I'm sure it works for them. But boy, how do they I think because me. Melanie doesn't come from the discard. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, it does. It does come from the discard. Attach a water yeah, energy so from your you discard. Don't, That's you gross. don't have to be running like 11 energies in this deck. Plus, you only have a cost of two. So I it's like... I hadn't really thought about that, but that actually makes it in some ways better than Welder. As long as the energy requirements for Water-type Pokemon don't get too costly, this is better than Welder because once you get one energy in there, especially in a deck that's already discarding with the effect of Max Lance, it's fine. You just got to have one energy in hand afterwards to do and it again. And think about the consistency of this deck too. You know, We've seen with Rapid Strike Urshifu, people playing these mix of quick shooting and then shady dealings in Teleons, you know, you have four quick balls to find mm -hmm. like Sobbles and start setting up or other Pokemon. You've got three level balls. Drizzile is a 90 HP Pokemon, so it fits with the level balls. Pokemon communication as well, having a couple of those. Evolution incense. You honestly have a lot of consistency in this deck, in my opinion. I, I think this is very cool. A lot of people were kind of underplaying Shadow Calyrex Rider VMAX. And look at that with the ability Frost Over that you combo with the scoop up nets. Potentially, you can attach more energies. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly, I'm, the only thing I'm a little surprised and what I think we'll actually see make its way into this deck, maybe in spot in instead of Leon. Who knows? Um, I think Cheryl is a good potential inclusion in this deck. Um, I think we said it when we were reviewing it. I just think if you're already discarding both energy to do. 250 plus damage and if you're getting those extra pings with inteleon to set things up it just makes sense to me that like you know run one cheryl you know maybe you can get all the heal that you need while nothing has any energy on you attach and then you frost moth frost last to attach the second and do it all over again uh, to me that's a really powerful combo that could set your opponent back a turn because the only thing that's okoing this Probably the only thing that's knocking this out is like Zacians, right? Because you're weak to metal, which is pretty bad. Mm. Let's be frank. Uh, but you know, if you with if, ADP on the down low, yeah, though, yeah, if ADPZ is is on the down, it's trending downwards, and so long as Luke Metal also stays at bay a little bit, um, might be a good time to start bringing out them metal weak Pokemon again. I think it would be interesting. And then all, like what I would see with this list, you know, trying to fit the Cheryl, I thought not only Cheryl, so you could take out something like the tool scrapper. If you're so dedicated to Leon, mm -hmm. you know, you want the Leon so bad. I think tool scrapper is probably all right because you're, you're already somewhat disruptive with path to the peak. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly if tool scrapper is super necessary, but you could try it. Um, but also maybe taking out, one of the stamps i think maybe taking out one of the stamps and putting a pal pad in because if you're especially if you're going to run cheryl and you're sticking to the leon mm -hmm. having multiple one of supporters i think a pal pad would be kind of an interesting idea because not only can that help get those back so then you don't have to run something like eldegoss or whatever which eldegoss gets shut off and packed to the peak anyways but you can find different things like Barney, if you need more Melanies, you know, maybe you had to discard one early and you want it back, you know, you can have that in there. And it, it could be, yeah. I don't know, it could be interesting. You could also take a page out of the, the Mewtwo Rillaboom book and run a Cynthia and Caitlyn. Because, like, you know, Palpad is great at getting it back in your deck, and you get both back, to your point. But for whatever, for whatever one of supporter, you know, if you just need to get it back in hand for a future turn, because you're not going to get knocked out later... Um, getting it back in hand and drawing three, because that's the only other thing I think this deck, if you do too many things, like this deck doesn't have that much draw. It's got Melanie, but outside of Melanie and like the research Marty combo, this deck's not super draw heavy. Um, I don't think you need it that much, but because you do have the Drizzile line. 
to go get you individual cards that you may need. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's more potential for this Ice Rider here so long as Zacian is not as prevalent. <laughs> Big yeah, and we'll see, we'll see also as the weeks go by, like Chilling Rain and and more stuff. Um, yeah. I I just really like the Inteleon. I think the 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 quick shooting Inteleon is just so cool. I was a huge fan, or well, I mean, I should I didn't play during the era, but I love the Decidueye GX. I love like when I because I, I played in an online retro tournament of the Decidueye um, GX where you're where you're stage two and you're constantly pinging. You know, it's like mathematical almost, or it's like a, it's like tricky because you have to know when to ping things, where to ping your things. And it's constant every single turn. And I think that's super, super satisfying. So seeing quick shooting and Teleon get a bunch of partners right uh-huh. out of the gate is like super cool in my opinion. Well, I think it helps that it's like just once per turn, but it's not like when you evolve, right? It's just mm-hmm. it, once you get into it, just keep it on your bench and you get two free pings. You don't have to do the active thing that Orbital VMAX has to do. Because, um, like, look, Orbital VMAX just spread one to everything. That's nice. But to be honest, it's a little bit inefficient. Because um, one to Having everything. to be in the active and constantly, right. like, switching around, you and, know, all and, the time and hoping that you hit some switches and yeah. sometimes leaving the Orbital in the active. And in a game where it rewards you, like, the way that Pokemon exists right now, it rewards you for taking as few knockouts as possible with as many prizes on those knockouts. So it's like, why would I play a strategy that wastes five out of six damage counters every turn when I could instead play a strategy that places two damage counters where I'm going to need it for those three prizes. So keep trying on that Blaziken Zeraora. It's not great. It probably (laughs) won't be that great, but I really want someone to crack that code. I'll quickly pull a list up. This was the best list here. It's... uh, I mean, Zero Aura is cool. I'll grant Zero Aura that. I don't know. This card is... The Blaziken VMAX is so good. It, Two colorless energies using a Rapid Strike energy just fulfills this and attaching two Pokemon energy cards. Not basic energy. Energy cards. So think about attaching more Rapid Strike energies onto your bench Pokemon, being able to power up Zero Auras or maybe another Blaziken VMAX. Like... Even though it's 130, right? 130 is okay. That effect is awesome. Sure. I, I think conceptually this is good. I think the problem that this has is right now the the meta, like 130 is a pretty bad number in the meta, I think. Yeah, 130 is not great. Because like, <laughs> let's combo that. Like say you do a 130 and you pair it with a CrossFit, uh, CrossFit, right? Um, it does 160 more, which like if one of your other that doesn't like even Pokemon, knock out Pikaram. Yeah, that's like two. Well, no, one thirty plus plus two sixty does. But yeah, this alone. Well, if you boss, if you boss that to the bench, or maybe it gets left right. on the bench. I just think that the it's kind of a weird situation where like the math doesn't really work super well. Like one thirty plus two sixty is great, but I think is the strategy here that you get one zero aura powered up, and then you basically attack with zero aura over and over again with the rapid strike energies and that way you're doing 260 damage every turn i mean you have other effects like the the telescopic site you know the past simian you have these other you have these other effects as well but yeah it's kind of like not recycling them but like cycling blaziken and zeraora through you know and honestly at times you can also go because of your blaziken if you got two zeraors on the bench and you attach like a lightning to one the rapid strike energy to the other mm-hmm. you could do them in succession the zero ores in succession yeah i i guess my main my main challenge with this one is that like you're not hitting anything for relevant weakness and you are getting hit back at least on zero aura for a very relevant weakness and if if ice raider picks up in popularity for blaziken and like i just to me it's just like it's a cool concept that just falls short Maybe in the future, just, it will I be love a better it. deck. I love it. It does feel kind of combo-y, though, right? Because yeah. you have to attack with you have to attack with yeah. Blaziken to be able to get those things. You've got Octillery to search all these things. and Yeah. You've got an it's, order it's of the operations. the combo-y deck that I feel like will not 
suffice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have any other thoughts on the meta as it currently stands. I think my gut would tell me that Shadow Rider will continue to climb. Eternatus will actually, I think, climb with it as it climbs. Um, I think there will be about the same the yeah. whole way. Yeah. I think they'll be about the same the whole way. I I would think that I would think that like Zashin Luke Metal maybe trickles up a little bit, starts getting more into like the the six, seven percents mm-hmm. of meta shares, you know, not sitting under four for sure. I mean, it's definitely like a different deck that not a lot of people can can play and get adjusted to, but I think you'll I mean Josh Sutherland is killing it with all the time with Luke Metal. I think uh just made top 16 of na so congratulations you know with that with that luke metal i will say there's one i don't know what deck it's going to be but i actually think right now once like give it two more weeks i think at that point a a counter box deck will probably appear because if you actually look at this lineup what do you have here like in a lot of these decks you have really big linear three prize decks that actually take more time to set up than they did in the tag team era. Like when it was only tag teams, right? These are all V maxes we're talking about for the most part. And I think a good counter box deck that says, okay, I'm going to plan to hit your guys for weakness, but I'm going to plan for all the weaknesses, right? Um, so like maybe you run it as a core spirit tomb, but you run a couple of other, different ones in there that will hit something else for weakness. I don't know what that would be for Eternatus or <coughs> for Ice Rider. You know, it'll be limited by the kind of single prizer, but I, but what I mean is a single prizer counter box. Um, I actually think the meta is in a really good spot for that right now. Um, it's like not, go back to the old Zap Beasts. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what those, what those cards are yet. I think metal has always suffered from like, there's not really a great single prize metal attacker. Um, to counter things like Ice Rider. But if you're okay with that, if you're okay not worrying about that one, then like, yeah, deal with like, you know, find you. And maybe the counter box includes like one Galarian Zapdos as a two prize attacker for Eternatus. And, you know, I I don't know. That's that's my two cents. Have you seen in Japan now that EV Heroes and stuff is out, have you seen the counter box? No. In It runs Galarian Moltres Urshifu VMAX and Sylveon VMAX. I I wouldn't even know what to make of that. But that will definitely Gal- be <laughs> in Galarian Moltres. Um hold on, let me Yeah, pull the up attaching the, a dark uh, energy to um Yeah, it, it attaches dark energies to itself, but it does 190. Mm. And so you're one shotting you're one shotting Calyrex VMAXs. That's nice. Of Shadow Rider. And so you have that to knock it out. You have the, you have the Urshifu to knock out and take care of like Eternatus and then Sylveon as well. Sylveon VMAX, who would you just handle all the Urshifus that way? Hmm. And so it's like a really weird and abstract deck that I saw. Not, I wish I had it on me right now. I'll try to. I'll try I, to post it on the YouTube at least. I will say it's, try to find that list, but like I holy moly. It's unfortunate that the EVs will be coming to us at the same time as Rayquaza VMAX because I think <laughs> all of those decks that are kind of cool are gonna be like, yeah, that's cool and all, but like, but what about Rayquaza? <laughs> yeah, it's a it, like that that deck is a deck that maximizes on hitting for weakness, and then all of a sudden Rayquaza just comes into the picture, right. and it's like I have no weakness. I have no weakness. I can one shot everything. Good luck. <laughs> Try yeah, countering like, this. How do you how do you counter that? You put your own Rayquaza in. I I isn't I think, it Rapid Strike? Um, it may be. I'm not. It probably if is. it's Rapid Strike Rayquaza. Probably not. To All be right. honest, it requires fire and lightning, right? We're, we're talking about different metas now. Let's 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 sign this one off, Jake. Look, How about that? I always I'm a futuristic dude, Sean. I got goals. I got dreams here, and uh, Pokemon will be Pokemon will be a game that you and I will probably be playing a lot again someday. I hope so. Someday. I hope I I'm I need I need in person play, man. I like Ugh. I keep watching Pokemon. I watch Pokemon trading card game like all the time, but like I really don't 
log on to the trading card game. Like I haven't done much on ladder for a while, but I like watch it all the time. I, I constantly watch it. Well, I, I need to, I need to do more homework. I will just say that I will out myself here, but, uh, you know, local are doing think, great shot. You're thank doing you, great. Thank you. All right. I will, uh, you know, that, that, that's the end of the episode. We don't do outros here, except when Jake does the one outro one what? time. <laughs> this is this is going to be the most phenomenal outro of all time. You know, I got I got the Pikachu's going on right now. I'm rocking all the Pikachu. Sean's got the pew 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 pews mm-hmm. out here, and you know what? You can pew pew pika pika your way on out of here. This is the end of the Metapod podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to the the podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. And we'll see you next week.